Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. Look at the This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. Good evening and welcome. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network tonight. And uh, not a not a packed house tonight. Nothing going on downtown. It's kind of quiet. That's okay. You can still come in. They have a bunch of Bud Light specials going on down here tonight. Uh, they've got tchotchkes to give away, hats and shirts and koozies, all kind of good stuff. So if you want to swing in and say hi, we're perched high atop uh, up here in the Mecca. If you want to take a peek down below, there you go. If you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, like I said, not a lot of people. There's a few tables. That's about it. Uh, it's just one of those nights. And uh, I saw that uh, some of the uh, some of the rain has kind of flipped the snow in some parts. So. It's one of those nights people said, you know what, we've partied a lot. We're going to hang. So if you want to come down and hang, you can hang with us. Nice night. That kind of night. Um, Packers are getting ready for, we're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Coming up in about 10, 15 minutes, we're going to hear from Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Uh, the top of the next hour, Mike Clemens is going to join us, as he always does. We're going to take our picks or make our picks, I should say, uh, around the rest of the NFL. Uh, a couple of things to get into. One is uh, the NFL, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the decision to be made on Cincinnati and the Buffalo game from the other night. Uh, there is precedent to this, albeit a long time ago, but there is the the revised codicil, if you will, in the rule book for the uh, for internal use for the NFL. I know CBS had a uh, had a, uh, a portion of this or got a glimpse of this, where because of what they had to do regarding COVID. Uh, they talked about the possibility of playing a game on a Wednesday and playing another game on a weekend, but it would give an unfair advantage to the wild card teams when Cincinnati or Buffalo, whomever, uh, who earned that home field advantage, they would then have to play uh, three games within like seven days. And it, it would be really uh, an upset, upsetting uh, precedent, I guess, to the schedule for the postseason. So it would be somewhat of an unfair advantage. But uh, they're going to figure that out. So we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, the one thing I did want to talk about, I, I know some of you had sent me the uh, the information from uh, earlier today. There were people talking about the conspiracy theory as to why the Green Bay Packers were put on Sunday night football. And it's because the league has already determined that the Packers are going to be there and this and that. And it is the biggest steaming pant load I have heard in a long time. Uh, does the NFL want the Packers there? You bet. They want the Packers. They want the Giants. They want the Steelers. They want the Cowboys. They want the Bears. Those are the, those are four or five big ones. And you know why? Because of longevity and history and fan bases. Faithful, massive fan bases. That's it. So it would be got like getting the Lakers – in the uh, NBA Finals with the Celtics or the Yankees in Major League Baseball with, uh, you know, the Cubs against the Cubs or against the Dodgers, it's a ratings bonanza. So, that yeah, to, are they secretly rooting for that? Yes. Okay? However, the Sunday night game was chosen because of this, and I we, we talked a little bit about this today, and I want to see if this logic makes sense to you. So the Green Bay Packers are in a win-and-you're-in situation. So people are going to naturally tune in for that. The Green Bay Packers are a draw. They're the only team that doesn't have a single owner. They're owned by the people. They're the smallest market in all of professional sports. They are considered the little engine that could. They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback that when he speaks in the Pat McAfee show, McAfee gets massive ratings because of it. 
he has been controversial. He has been outspoken. He has been, um, you know, opinionated. He has been a Hall of Fame quarterback beyond belief. I mean, there are so many things that Aaron Rodgers is and has been and will be that people are fascinated with it. So it is a natural, massive draw. There's no doubt about that, okay? Now, you take into account the Detroit Lions. The Lions, could they have something to play for? Yeah, but you didn't want that game to be any other time than as the same time as the Seattle game. Why? Because Seattle, if they lose... That means the Lions have a legitimate shot at getting in the postseason. If Seattle wins, the Lions are out. And if the, if Seattle wins, then everybody thinks, well, the Lions are just going to you know, kind of mail it in. They got nothing to play for, right? And wrong. Wrong. What Dan Campbell has done in Detroit has made the, the Detroit Lions relevant, okay? Relevant. So you want... Uh, the high level of confidence in the game on Sunday that the Detroit Lions are going to try and they're going to they're going to play hard. They're going to do it anyway, and here's the reason why. One, they've been kind of the the media darling, if you will, the the the, the sentimental favorite for many after appearing on Hard Knocks. Two, Dan Campbell is unconventional. He's considered like the man's man, the machismo guy. Go out, kick some ass, take names later, whoop up on them. We're not quitting. We're going to dig down deep, all that kind of stuff. Two, this, the, the third thing to all of this is, this is they're 8-8. Eight and eight. This is going to be the first time in a long time that they have the ability to climb over 500. They're digging their way out of that basement. They're taking a lot of pride in that team, the way they're playing. You've got a guy like Jamal Williams who's got a lot of personality. He's doing the dance, and all the Lions fans are loving it. And the defense, eh, they're not great, but they're coming along. But offensively speaking, they're playing some really good football. They're one of the better scoring teams in the National Football League, right? So you also take into consideration that it's a rivalry game. And Dan Campbell, and I guarantee this, is going to get them play for pride and to get them to play for the first time over 500 in a long time. Then you throw into the mix that if they're in it and they can go to the postseason, it's a natural gimme. If they're not, Dan Campbell's unconventional in the sense he can run trick plays. He can go for it on fourth down and is on his own 30 and keep that Packers defense out on the field a little while longer. He can fake punt. He can onside kick after uh, their score, their first score, second score, halftime, whatever. He is a guy that doesn't care. He's going to pull everything out of the bag. And the Packers are going to have to be open to everything. So, and, and like I said, they're going for the win, regardless of the outcome. So, this whole thing about, you know, it's the NFL and it's conspiracy and such. No, it's the NFL saying, you know what? We know it's a win and you're in for a climbback situation for the Packers who were sitting at four and eight and everybody left them for dead, including yours truly. And now they have the ability with Aaron Rodgers to get a win and watch him give the giant middle finger to everybody who doubted him. He didn't give us an R-E-L-A-X. He didn't give us a run the table. He just said, we just got to get a little confidence and win one, and then we can see what can happen, and on and on and on, right? But that's what this comes down to. That's the reason they chose this game. And the ratings are always huge. 
for the Green Bay Packers, the ratings are always huge, which means more ratings, more advertising, more sales, more more money. That's it. Money. That's it. So that's the reason the Packers are in there. That's it. Nothing more. There's no conspiracy theory. It's not like you're they're saying, you know, the Packers, they're gonna we're, we're gonna get them in. Don't worry about it. We're gonna have you. No. No. And because Rodgers and company played really horrible over in Detroit. This is kind of a revenge game. Can the Packers can the Packers battle back after everything they went through? Watch the story unfold before your very eyes. That's what this is all about. So the whole thing about the conspiracy theory and the Packers and all these fans upset and mad and why is it not Tennessee and Jacksonville? Tennessee and Jacksonville have a standalone game on Saturday night. They got it. But people think Sunday night, and for the most part, they're true. Sunday night football has become, back in the day, it was Monday night. You wanted to be in the standalone game on Monday night. I think Sunday night now has become the marquee game for the NFL for the most part. Once it went to ESPN, it faded. It just did. It faded. The prestige of Monday night faded away. It went to Sunday night. And that's where the standalone game is now. So I I don't think that the Packers are destined for the postseason. I think the Packers can win. I think the Packers, after rewatching that game against the Lions this morning and last night, I watched the Packers throw that game away. I watched turnovers in the red zone when they had moved the football. I watched a defense that played pretty well. And they should have won the game, and they didn't. So I'm thinking the Packers got to be coming into this game with confidence. They've obviously been playing good football. The defense is flying around, creating turnovers, but Jared Goff doesn't turn it over. The only difference is Jared Goff doesn't turn it over, but their defense allows over five and a half yards uh, a rush, four and a half yards a rush, and even more so out of shotgun, as we had talked about earlier today. So this is a matchup of which team doesn't make a mistake, which team doesn't turn the ball over, and which defense stands true. And I think I, at this point in time, dare I say it, I think the Packers' defense is better. It's better than where they were. So when we do our picks tonight, you'll you'll see what we think. But I think that's it. I, I don't think there's any any conspiracy theory here to all of this. And I think people that buy into that, I think you're looking for a reason to, to f- try to figure out why the Packers would win. Maybe you didn't believe the Packers could even be in this position to begin with. But we all saw what they did to Kirk Cousins. We saw what they did to Justin Fields at the end of that game in the fourth quarter and how the Packers finally put some drives together. We saw what this team did a couple of uh, weeks ago against Miami. We saw them play solid football. Now, whether they should have won, couldn't have won, didn't deserve to win, did deserve whatever, that's up for speculation, but they won. They won. They did what many people didn't, didn't think they could do, and they're sitting here today saying all we got to do is we're winning, we're in. And that's compelling television. That's it. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show is going to join us. And uh, we are broadcasting live down here at the Mecca. Mecca Sports Bar and Grill downtown, right across from the uh, Pfizer Forum in the Deer District. As a matter of fact, they just took down the uh, Jack Daniels, uh, the barrel tree today. So that's gone. But uh, the Pfizer is uh, is kind of silent tonight. Bucks are on the road taking on Toronto. So plenty of parking. Plenty of opportunities. Come on in. Enjoy yourself a Bud Light. Enjoy yourself some of the uh, chances at some of the tchotchkes, the hats, the shirts, the koozies, all kinds of other stuff that they have down here tonight. Stop on by and say hi. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by Bud Light, and it's coming up next. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
back to the program. It is the Bill Michaels Show. We are broadcasting live. We are down here at the Mecca. The Mecca, Sports Bar and Grill. We're down here, uh, downtown Milwaukee, uh, in the Deer District, right uh, in the Fiserv Forum. You can see down below. Uh, it looks like a club, but uh, not a lot of people in a club. Got a few of the booths off to the back that have people in them and a little gathering, a little uh, after-holiday holiday gathering that's going on in the back room. But uh, that's about it. Uh, not a lot of people down here watching the game tonight. I know the weather is not great as some of the uh, rain changes over to snow and such. But uh, if you're out and about, be careful. But you can still come on down and say hi. Compliments of our friends at uh, at Bud Light. It's been packed down here over the last week, too. They had the Hockey Classic down here, a couple of Bucks games down here. They had some events at the Pfizer Forum. So there's been a lot of stuff going on down here. So they're, actually the staff and management is kind of like, woo. We needed a night off, so to speak. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, If you want to hit us up, you can. Joining us now uh, from the Wisco Sports Show, our buddy Grant Bills is on hold. Uh, and at Wisco Grant, you can find him over on Twitter. Grant, how you doing, pal? I'm doing well. I didn't know the Mecca was quiet tonight. If you give me about three hours, I'll come have some drinks with you. I just need I just need some time to travel. So if you yeah, hang right it's, there, I'll be there in a bit. Yeah, it's slow tonight. There's probably about uh, 15, 20 people in the back, and but this place can hold a few hundred at least, and it's uh, it's yeah. rather rather sparse crowd this evening down here. Hey, uh, let's start with uh, let, let's start with the Green Bay Packers going up against this Lions team. I rewatched the Lions game last night, and the Packers could have won that thing going away. How much trepidation do you have for the Lions coming up on Sunday evening? None. I, I'm looking past this game. I, I mean, honestly, Bill. So we've been. Let's see, how many times has the season ended with the game against the Detroit Lions in the last 10 years? Like, post-Super Bowl, they beat him in 2011 with Matt Flynn. They beat him in 2016, the run-the-table year, the Geronimo Allison catch after a long scramble drill. Like, this is what the Packers do. They beat the Lions in Week 17, now Week 18, and they use this game for whatever they need. And if they need to get into the playoffs, fine. If they need to fight for seeding, fine. If they need to get Matt Flynn some reps, Fine. Like the Packers beat the Lions to finish the season. It's a nice tradition we have. And I am not worried about this game at all because I, I, I think the Vikings are a, mm. I don't want to say the Vikings are a better team. I think the Vikings present very similar challenges to the Lions. And if the Packers show up with anything close to what we saw on Sunday, I think they'll be able to handle the running game of the Lions to a degree and Amon Ross St. Brown to a degree. And it's Jared Goff, small hands in the cold and it's the Lions. I know this isn't your run-of-the-mill Lions. This isn't your grandma Lions from 10 years ago, but they're still the Lions. And, no, I, I have zero trepidation about this game on Sunday. Um, what has to happen for this team to win Sunday? I, you know, I talked today about, you know, obviously turnovers, and you've got a high-scoring offense in the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions secondary is not very good. They're not very good against the run. I mean, but what has to happen, do you think, for the Packers to actually win this one? Well, they do need to keep the run in check. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are really, really good. But if the Packers can hold them in check and, again, get their stops and land their punches here and there, I think they can employ a, a really similar scheme to what they used against the Vikings last week. Amon Ross St. Brown is very good. He's not as good as Justin Jefferson, but if they show him the same treatment and give him the same coverage they gave Jefferson, I think they can be successful. K.J. Osborne is, is probably on par or similar to whatever the, the Lions' second most dangerous receiving threat is, depending on what they get from Jamison Williams. So 
the the Lions are very good on offense, and I think the Packers can employ a lot of the same things they you know used against Minnesota last week. I think moving forward, Bill, and this doesn't just apply to the Lions, but this you know applies to however many more games the Packers are able to play. Aaron Rodgers has to continue to uh, lift his level little by little every week because the passing game wasn't great on Sunday. The running game was, and they need to, again, do the same things defensively, run the football, control the clock. But if Aaron Rodgers can get a little bit better every week and mix in a couple more of those MVP pros every week, that continues to lift the ceiling of the team. Right now this Packers team is a good to very good team. If they want to be a great team, even for a game or two, throughout this postseason, if they're able to make it in. Aaron Rodgers needs to be an MVP, and that will significantly lift the ceiling of this team. Um, let's talk about the defense, because the defense has been incredibly opportunistic, and they have played at a markedly better uh, level, we'll say. So mm-hmm. now do all of a sudden do all of a sudden we give credit to Joe Barry? Well, we yeah. Like, I remember when I was young, Bill, my mom and dad, they'd leave me with a chore list in the summer, right? Cause they'd go to work and we'd have summer school during the day or like we, you know, practice, but the rest of the day you're home alone and it's the summer. And my parents would leave me a chore list. It's like clean the kitchen, put the dishes away. Now, if I did a great job cleaning the dishes and cleaning the kitchen, but I'm doing it at five ten, and my parents have been home for five minutes, then I only get so much credit for that. I only get so much credit for doing a great job, right? I, I give credit to Joe Barry for figuring out some adjustments and changing some things, I- I'm I'm a little hesitant to give him too much credit because it took him the entire year. Bill, it's January 4th. You know what I mean? Like, it's not late October. It's not mid-November. It's the end of the year um, that he finally started to put some of these things together. They completely changed up a lot of their principles on defense throughout the first, you know, 16, or not 16, but their first 13 games in Dubai. They were running a lot of cover one and cover three. That was basically exclusively what Joe Barry uses. They've switched that to a lot to cover two and cover six, which gives them different looks on the back end and the corners and the players in the secondary, I think have really responded well. And we saw that on Sunday, they went to uh, a, bl- a team that blitzes all the time. They're blitzing 42% of the time before the buy. That's not on to 10%. And yet they're getting better pressure on the quarterback. So Joe Barry has made marked changes to this defense and obvious schematic changes to this defense. And I give him a lot of credit for that. But I can only give him so much because it took him basically the entire season to figure it out. And it almost took him until it was too late. So, I and I agree with you. I, I still think there's certain things that I can't unsee, we'll say. Uh, and we, we were talking yeah. about that earlier. I, I There's certain things that I, I, I can't, like, just get past. So, I agree with that. I also look at what Mike Clemens said in uh, on Sunday that, Guys suddenly started talking. They're texting. They're in groups. They're not individual groups where it's linebackers and then safeties. And, then, you know, they're all together as a group. And it's like yeah. just all of a sudden the communication just clicked and the intensity just clicked. And it's I'm thinking to myself, where in the hell have these guys been all season long? You know what I mean? Yeah, I talked about this, I think, with Ebo the other morning. And it's something that I brought up throughout the year. You pay Jair Alexander all this money, and you pay Russell Douglas all this money, and these are top-tier cornerbacks. They're shut-down cornerbacks that want to go 1v1, mano-a-mano versus the best in the game. They want to play that game within the game, right, Bill, where they're John and, and talking trash and, and really get trying to get in a wide receiver's head. That's what these corners are good at. That's the way they're wired. You don't maximize that if you have them floating in a soft zone, if you're running a – 
uh, a cover three, for example, where you have two deep safeties, a deep linebacker, corners are playing zone on their side of the field. Like, it's hard for a corner like Jair or Rasul Douglas to stay engaged and to stay cocky and to stay confident when they're passing coverages off all the time. So I think recently Joe Barry's done a really good job of allowing his top dogs to go one-on-one versus guys and talk trash and play that game within the game. He's found a defense that allows them to do that while also give, giving them help, right? And that's what we saw on Sunday. Jair Alexander up front just banging Justin Jefferson around at the line, but he had help behind him, right? Because it's reckless to leave Jair on an island with a, with a receiver that great, but he found this system. He found this, this setting to let his corners be aggressive and to get up there and challenge guys while also supporting the back end. And I think that was the balance that needed to be found. And once they found it, I I think you said these guys are more engaged. They're more engaged on the field, but they're more engaged off the field. They're texting about coverages. And then we heard Rasul Douglas talk about that. So, yes, I think it was uh, just a a combination of a couple things, but mostly Joe Barry finding the perfect defense to get his guys engaged and and the perfect defense to maximize his guys' skill set. I also think that uh, he has started to change things a little bit. He has started to move guys around and bring different yeah. blitzes, different pressures, different looks, uh, and and I would agree with that. Um, I want to go back because I, here at the bottom of the hour, I want to get into this a little bit, but I uh, I, I want to ask about Rodgers. Rodgers looked terrible in this last game. We all know Rodgers uses things as chips on his shoulder. Now there's a lot of discussion about what happened. Uh, with, uh, you know, Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills, you know, safety who ended up going down. And we all know the tragic situation there right now. There's a lot of discussion about that. We're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers coming up a little bit. He was outspoken about it. But Rodgers uses things to motivate. How much do you think this last contest that he had that just he just looked so poor? How much do you think he uses to motivate him to come back and play in this one? Or is this just strictly about, hey, this is postseason, so I don't even need to worry about what I did last time or kind of, you know, have a better showing this time? This To me, it's it's I, I, I still think he's got a little bit of that mm, last time because he's got a memory like an elephant, man. I still think yeah. there's a little bit of what happened to me last time and what I did last time I need to shake off. Well, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think he'll have plenty of motivation because, as he said on the McAfee show on Tuesday, we get to host the playoff game this weekend. That's how Rodgers is viewing it. And, and in a literal sense, he's correct, right? It's not an actual playoff game, but they are hosting a game in which they are playing to advance. They're playing for their, for their season, right? So I think Rodgers is playing a playoff game this weekend. He's motivated enough by that. But, Bill, he reads everything. This dude reads everything. Yeah. He sees everything that everyone says. And I don't know if it's the Detroit game specifically. I don't know if he'll draw on that a lot. I think Rodgers is well aware that he played very poor in that game. The offense executed very poorly. I I don't think he needs to be reminded of that. But, Bill, have you noticed the last two weeks the Packers have won and they go to the postgame presser and those playoff odds have gone up and Rodgers is like, yeah, I wonder what these folks are saying now. Or he says, well, I know a lot of people weren't giving us a chance a week or two ago. I, I know a lot of people weren't picking us. A lot of people were leaving us for dead. He's not speaking out of pocket there. He goes and reads all this stuff. He reads what those reporters write. He reads what fans tweet, and he sees what's on the TV and the radio. Like, he absorbs it all. And I think it's partly because he has nothing better to do, and I think it's partly because he, he craves that motivation, as all these high-level athletes do. So, yes, I, I'm totally on board. I don't know if he'll pull from the first Detroit game specifically. He pulls from everything. And I think a lot of the doubt that was thrown the way of the Packers over the last two months is certainly being used as fuel, not just by Rodgers, but probably by a lot of these guys. Real quick before I let you go, who you got in this one? Packers. Big. 
Like I'm not I'm not worried about this game. And I don't do predictions on my show. We don't normally do picks, but I'm I'm really going out on a limb this week. I feel very confident about the Packers' chances. Who knows? The Lions might not even be playing for a playoff spot. The Packers have had everything go their way. They're getting healthy. They're feeling confident. They've been in playoff mode for three or four weeks now. And it's Sunday night football at Lambeau. And Rodgers is going to be feeling romantic about it. Everyone's going to be charged up. Chris Collinsworth is going to be, oh, get a load of this guy. Yeah. Look, at this, look at this guy. <laughs> like, it's, it's just going to be a scene. And I think everything is going to come up Green Bay on Sunday night. Grant, always good, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate Bill. Have a good week. Enjoy the game on Sunday. All right, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. You can get him on Twitter at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant. Uh, and you can hear his stuff uh, over there as well. When we come back, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, we're going to hear from him. He had a lot of things to say today. We're going to listen to as much of it as we can, but a lot of things, a lot of things he had to talk about uh, this afternoon. So we're going to get into that when we come back. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live. We are down here at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill in downtown Milwaukee. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network and the official beer sponsor of the Huddle. Stay tuned. We got more right after this. Here we go. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. you back broadcasting live the uh the huddle the Bud Light huddle down here at the mecca in the deer district to right across the street from the right across the plaza from the Pfizer forum down here tonight bucks on the road taking on toronto in toronto uh but we are here and uh, you got a little bit of snow flying outside that's okay it's a nice nice calm night come on by and say hello and you've got uh, bud light specials going on right now you've got uh, some tchotchkes some hats some shirts koozies be, I don't know what else they're giving away tonight. I've given away all kinds of stuff, especially to the people that are down there in the back room. And a few of the people that lingering down below, as you can see, if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream. But Aaron Rodgers, he uh, addressed the media today. Had a lot to talk about. So I want to get into this uh, as much of this as we can. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking to the media. There you go. That was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, long, long presser today, and it continues on. But a lot of things to kind of talk about. He did bring up a scenario and say i want to take a lot of time at the end of the season to think about it and uh talked about sunday night could possibly oh here we go again be his last game at lambeau field as a green bay packer i don't want to think about it i don't want to go there you know i just want to enjoy the night we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We are broadcasting live at the Mecca. We're down here in the Deer District. If you want to swing by and say hello, we are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We're going to be back right after this. Here we go. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Do you have any clarity in your mind whether or not this is or, or isn't your last game at Lambeau Field? No, I don't. I'm going to take some time after the season. Um, you know, I got a lot of uh, great memories here at Lambeau, and hopefully can add another one on Sunday. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Huddle, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. We are live. We're at the, uh, the, the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill here in the Deer District, and uh, brought to you by Bud Light tonight. So that was, I got to be honest, it was not even something I was thinking of. Um. I was listening to Aaron Rodgers talk about 
you know, whoever made the five-minute decision with the NFL on Monday night, uh, their job should be in jeopardy uh, or something to that effect. I, I don't want to uh, quote him. I'm more paraphrasing. Uh, and a lot of different things regarding the emotion coming into Sunday night and the press forward to make it to the postseason. Got to admit, it never dawned on me that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be back with the Green Bay Packers next year. And But here we go. Now it's out there. Cat's out of the bag. That that's now, Ben. How much of a story do you think that becomes on uh, on the lead into Sunday? Well, now that they asked him, I think it could be the story. Frankly, um, yeah, that's, huh? I I'm just like, I, I don't want to say upset. I guess it, it is a, a a narrative, but it's. I I can't fathom next year not having – I mean, unless the Packers would trade him away for whatever reason, I can't understand why he wouldn't be a Green Bay Packer next year. Other than just if he just loses the will to play football. That I understand. But that's not happening. So, I, you know, this whole thing, I'm going to take some time to go away. I'm going to take some time. I get it. He, you know, at the end of the season you want to – you know, when you get up there in years, you want to re- recoup a little bit, re- you know, kind of, re- re- you know, recharge the battery. But it never dawned on me that this would be a thing, that this would be a story, that this would be – to me, it's it's all about postseason. It's about, you know, playing your best football. This is not the dance down memory lane at this point. And I just – I don't know. I don't know why I, I found that almost – when he said, I don't know – uh, you know, I was like, oh, crap, here we go. I, it's just, I, I don't know whether it's because maybe I just went through the whole Favre thing year after year after year after year after year after year of the back and forth. Willie, or, it just wears on you. I, I don't know. It just, and that was something that, that just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just grated on me when I heard it. It was like nails on a chalkboard. The guy that was there asking questions is coming up next. Mike Clements is going to join us from up in Green Bay. And Mike was standing right next to Aaron. Oh, I asked him about what his thoughts were and when that question was asked and the response out of Aaron Rodgers. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We're in the Deer District down here across from the Pfizer Forum in the Plaza. Stop in. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. You've got some beer specials tonight for Bud Light. You've got tchotchkes and hats and shirts and all kinds of stuff given away. Stop in. We got more coming up right after this. Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. Look at the this is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. Welcome back. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill down here in the Deer District. across from the Pfizer Forum, uh, which is just over the way on the big screen here tonight. You've got uh, the Bucks there in Toronto taking on uh, the Raptors this evening. So no Bucks crowd down here tonight. Uh, just a little bit smaller crowd. Some people coming in. Enjoying some Bucks basketball. Some Bud Light specials going on tonight. Some tchotchkes they're giving away down here. So uh, good to have you down here on site this evening. Joining us now over on the hotline, the guy that was uh, asking some of those questions to Aaron Rodgers, as you heard in the last hour, uh, Mike Clemens standing by. Michael, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, 
And I, I, will, I, I maybe I'm going to go into the places I shouldn't go just in terms of a person who covers a team in the NFL and tries to tell fans, you know, how these guys are reacting to things and trying to win football games and everything. Um, I was sort of monitoring the Monday night football game, but actually working on some things for our shows, and it wasn't until I got a ping on my phone that was directly from the NFL that was doing a very good job of trying to contact everybody. We've got a, a serious crisis on our hands in Cincinnati, uh, and this is what the league is doing at this time to try and get that word out <clears throat> that I started paying more attention to you know, what Joe and Troy were trying to do in terms of assess the situation. And then they went, they went back to Scott Van Pelt, who was anchoring there on ESPN about, you know, DeMar Hamlin's situation. And, you know, to me, um, the NFL football games are no different than people who go to the track and watch guys race at 200 miles an hour. People are going to get hurt. And, mm-hmm. and they get highly paid for it, and they prepare for it. But you can't hold these guys back. And they're competitors. And, you know, it. I get frustrated. I'm not defending anybody or anything. Just the fact is I see fans. I see people in the media. I see former players. I see everybody piling on with these opinions that they held before DeMar even got hurt uh, about, well, you know, the league doesn't do this, and they don't do this, and the media is doing this, and the media's, and it brings in all this other crap that's got nothing to do with what happened. You know, here's a young man mm-hmm. who took a one-in-a-million shot, and it, it brought on cardiac arrest, which is different than a heart attack. Um, and and that also, we don't know. You know, there's going to have to be all kinds of investigations and reviews and to figure out what causes the situation. Are there, and then later on, are there some solutions we can come up with? Can we change shoulder pads so there's more protection on the chest? All those kinds of things. So I've been in, I've been in a frustrated state to see this stuff just all blow up again rather than this kid uh, died on the field. Those EMTs brought him back to life. It's because they train for this stuff. You know, they've been working on this for years for that very situation. They train and they drill for this. They brought him back, and now we wait to find out if if this young man is going to survive this traumatic event physically and all. And then always be thinking, what are better ways that we can still have guys play tackle football and have them not cost their lives? And I and and it's it's inter- for myself. It was interesting that I had to Google and find out. There's only a one guy in the NFL that ever died playing a game. And right. he dropped dead of a heart attack 50 years ago because and he could have had that heart attack getting on the team bus. He could have had that, you know, sitting in a chair. He had a a, a blockage, a blood clot in his heart that was not found by his hospital when he was having physicals. After he died, his widow sued that hospital 50 years ago for 21 million dollars like, "Why couldn't you tell my my husband an NFL athlete that he had a heart problem and he shouldn't be playing football. And right. And so we learned, and, and you know, we came out of all that with, uh, the, the Hughes and passing away on the field at 28 years old and WJR broadcasting. I mean, they, they literally came out there, checked out, found he was dead, picked him up, took him off and finished up the last minute of the game against the Chicago bears. Um, 
After that, the league said, you know what, we're never going to let that happen again. We will have an ambulance in the stadium at every NFL stadium. There will be an ambulance on hand, which prior to that they had not done before. And, and you know what, over the years, they've used those ambulances more to help out fans having cardiac arrest mm-hmm. than football players. Um, Mike, Aaron Rodgers, let's start with the conversation with Rodgers today talking about when the NFL said, you know, five minutes. And I I understand players have an issue because they look at the NFL as the big bad machine that wants your money. They want to go out there and grind you. They want to add an extra game, um, which the players want money too. So they're not, they're not, you know, absolved of anything here. But he said, uh, you know, the five minutes thing. Well, normally, you, right after the guy leaves the field, you, like, pick up and go, okay, let's go, you know. So I think because it was unprecedented, I think it even gave the NFL some time to go, okay, let's let's talk about this here. we got a few minutes. Let's talk about this because you don't have a scenario in place for this. And I thought what they did was really smart in saying, take five minutes and then we'll resume play. But basically, it gave McDermott and Zach Taylor the time to kind of evaluate their teams and then call the officials over and go, guys, this just isn't going to work. And and then the NFL acquiesced. They're like, you know what? That's fine. You guys made that decision. You guys are there on the field. We're in New York watching this from afar. I, I didn't have – I mean, some people are attacking the NFL. I didn't have a big problem with it. Had I had the NFL said no, 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 we got to play this game. It's got you know playoff implications. That's a different story. But the NFL said, you know what, guys, we completely understand. Let's do this. Let's just get everybody off the field. Let's go home tonight and let's worry about this at another time. Right now, let's just worry about the health uh, of, of this young man. So I didn't have a big problem with it, but I guess players do. I have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers is texting back and forth with Josh Allen like well what were they what were they telling you yeah. what, what was it like for I have a feeling that Aaron is gathering information from Josh about what it was like you know for that quarterback to say man you just lost a safety that was down there on the field and they had to bring him back to life what were they telling you and so you know and and after that bill all I can do is speculate we just know that that word came out all right, you know, be ready in five minutes. Start warming up. We're going to get you know resume the game. Yeah. You know, it's not a lightning stop or it's just like it was a, a lightning delay or something. Right, right. And and that's when these players are like, wait a minute, I I don't know, you know, I'm I just watched this guy die. I I don't think I can play right now. Really? Are we really going to play this thing? Um, and that's where the players were coming from. And so I think that's where Rogers is probably coming from. So. You know, there obviously the the league, the commissioner is going to have to do some sort of a investigation if that's not already underway. They're being very guarded about what they say, when they say it. The information on how Demar's doing is is guarded as well. You know, we, the players would love these Packers and Lions would love to hear, hey, you know, Demar's making progress because they're they keep checking their phones. They're thinking about the kid. They're thinking yeah. about him and. You know, and and you know this can happen. You know, whether it's an they get they're in a car accident or you know some other act of violence or something off the field, uh, they deal with this all the time. But this thing, this was different, and it is rare, as we as we know when you actually open up the logs, 
this one guy dropped of a heart attack <clears throat> and a, at Tiger Stadium 50 years ago, Hughes. Um, but, you know, this is unusual. This is uncharted waters for these players to deal with. So the mood was, um, I, I'm not going to say somber, just quiet. The guys weren't joking around. It was just all business and, you know, let's move on and find out what's going on. I have a feeling that a veteran like Aaron Rodgers might say, you know, if the whole league wants to take a whole bye this weekend and just shove the whole you know, schedule for the Super Bowl and everything off one more week so we can get some balance back here, that's not a bad thing. They'll take a bye for their, right. to get their bodies back, you know, before they play week 18. So I think there's a, there's a feeling of that as well. I get the sense that they are going to have the games this weekend – but yet maybe push back the – unless they go to strictly, you know, like we talked about earlier, this winning percentage, which they could have used during COVID, uh, but then they could push back the AFC, the NFC games and give the Cincinnati Bengals and, and you know, if indeed it's going to matter immensely, give them time to play that game and then come back with the playoffs after everybody gets a week off. So I, I can see that happening as well, but – um, the other narrative, Mike, is, <laughs> you know, this whole thing about it pops up now. Hey, Aaron, did you ever think this is going to be your last game at Lambeau Field as a Green Bay Packer? And then he pauses and does the Favre thing and says, nah, you know, I'm going to take a little time at the end of the year. You know, that uh, thought's crossed my mind. Sure. You know, I, oh, crap. Here we go. You know? Um, you know, he's he's been asked that and sort of given that same question as well. And I don't. You know, uh, I, I I don't attack fellow people in the media. They all have their storylines to write. But there's two that I personally roll my eyes on is, hey, Aaron, is this your last game? And um, how much does this year feel like the 2016 run? Which, frankly, I don't even remember much anymore. <laughs> there's right. There's been so many things to deal with this season and this group of guys and this coaching staff. I mean, when you think of 2016 and McCarthy and the players are there, and the only there's three guys left here from 2016, right? And, and the kickers probably it's probably going to be the kickers' last game at Lambeau Field on Sunday night. Um, you know, I, I I don't understand that storyline, but yeah, when he said today, yeah, I got to think this over, and, and in light of what happened on Monday night, you know, that's one more reason not to come back. Um, yeah, we're, you know, Aaron's going to going to he's going to hold on to his cards until he sees what happens with Randall Cobb, what happens with Martellus, you know, or Mercedes Lewis. Um, you know, he, he, there's five or six questions, you know, he's going to see if he gets a run. If he, if he hoists a Super Bowl trophy at the end of this season in mid February, right. he may decide to quit then. So he, you know, he doesn't even want to go there until those chapters have been revealed before he makes his decision. Hey, there's one other thing, and I think what you just brought up was an interesting point in terms of the NFL scheduling things. Number one, why is this game prime time? You know, why would the Lions want to take to the field and compete in a game if the the Seahawks, you know, have won and that kicks Detroit out of the postseason? And the answer is, um, as I've talked about before, two years ago there was a very in-depth interview with the two guys that are in charge of the NFL schedule. And outside of like when they were said, okay, the most important game we've got this year 
is Tom Brady's return to New England as the quarterback now the Buccaneers. So let's decide where we want to put that so we can get the most mileage out of that four or five weeks into the season. Let the, let the Patriots get their team ready together before they do that. The second is where do we put four or five Packer games, whether it's going to be Aaron Rodgers or, Aaron Love or, or Jordan Love, because the Packers are gold for the right. NFL in prime time, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or even the new regime. So that's why it's there. It's because the Packers. It's it's the Packers versus anybody Sunday night to see if Aaron Rodgers can get back in the playoffs. That's why they put it there. Hey Mike, Secondly, can, can you can, yeah. can you hang? Can we can we take a break and then come yeah, back? Yeah, I can and, come you know, back. Can I, yeah, let's come back. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, just one other quick it, thing. One other quick thing. Yeah, go ahead. You go made ahead. a great point about games and COVID. This league taught, showed the players we we can move games. You know, <laughs> just a couple right. weeks ago. Oh, seven feet of snow in Buffalo? Yeah, we can move the game. So I think this is what the players are looking for the league to do, saying, how are you going to react on, about this Monday night incident and prove to us you care about player safety? What are you going to do about the Bengals and Bills game and the rest of us as we move forward? That's what they're waiting for. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, hang in there. I want to talk a little more X's and O's when we get to this, but there, there's some other thoughts on, on this upcoming. Stay tuned. We're talking with Mike Clements uh, up in Green Bay and talking a lot about this contest coming up on uh, Sunday night between the Packers and the Lions. Obviously, we're broadcasting live. We're down at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill in the Deer District. Come on by and say hi. Still some time to come. The snow is basically stopped. Don't see it in the lights out there anymore. Come on by and say hi. Pick yourself up uh, a Bud Light and enjoy your evening. We got more of the Green Gold, or excuse me, more of the, uh, the Bill Michael huddle coming up next this is the huddle with bill michaels on the wisconsin sports zone network Inside, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, our friends over here at the Mecca joining us here tonight. So uh, good to have you on board, and thanks for everybody for coming in. As you see down below, got some more people that have stopped by to watch the Bucks game on the big screen down here. Mike Clemens joining us on the line. So, Mike, um, getting back into a little more of the X's and O's of this thing, uh, and I know there's a lot of stuff swirling around the NFL right now. Tell me this. How hard is it for the guys in that locker room to focus on the game at hand versus everything else that's going on, in your opinion? Um, I, I think it's harder I, because, you know, football is supposed to be fun. And, you know, you don't like to think about mortality. I think about an, a, an incident that happened with these Packers, was it 12 years ago? You win the Super Bowl. You come back even better with more guys. You go 15-1. and one, You lose the one game on the road to the Chiefs. But now you've got... Home field advantage through that, and your offensive coordinator's son at 21 years old slips through the ice and drowns. And on Friday, the whole team has to go to the offensive coordinator's son's funeral and then play a game on Sunday, and they lose, and their season's suddenly over with. And those things affect things. I remember a time when Reggie White suddenly passed away on Christmas 
and just how devastating that was for this team. And Brett was still playing, and you know the, the, the his teammates from that era were coming around. And then the following year, um, they were going to do they were going to honor uh, Reggie White at the start of the game. And so all the players had been out there to warm up, get ready. They're going to take on Trent Dilfer and the Cleveland Browns. They go in the locker room. They come back out. And then they stop everything, and everybody's lined up on the sidelines, and they do like a five-minute video tribute to Reggie White. Well, you got, you got players that either grew up watching him, some that may have still been you know, playing in the game, in tears. And then they say, okay, go ahead and kick it off. And the right. Browns upset the – the Packers that day, I think in part because the, the players were emotionally gutted after starting the game with that thought of, you know, of, of Reggie. And, and so, you know, you have to be in the right mind frame to put that helmet on, put these pads on and, and play around uh, like you're invincible as opposed to the things that those images that they saw and are still playing um, from Monday night. I think that affects players. Talking about uh, the, the Sunday night game coming up, the X's and O's of this, Packers defensively playing really, really well. But this is an offense that can score. They can put points up uh, rather quickly. And ever since they got rid of Hawkinson, even, you thought this team is just going to be on the outside looking in. And instead, they've actually gotten better. So, And I went back and watched that Detroit game uh, yesterday. Uh, and boy, I, the, the Packers could have won that game going away 30-plus points. They just kept giving it away in the red zone. They had what I consider to be some questionable play calling. It, it just looked like a lethargic game. you know. So give me your thoughts on this game coming up. And because I'd be, if I'm a Packer in that locker room, I'm more confident than ever. We're playing really good football. And the last time we met this team, we should have won. Yeah, and uh, and you you know now the uh, Lions have a healthier backfield. You know Jamal Williams was back uh, this past week, and he's been their their leading carrier and a power back for them. Um, you know Jared Goff getting better. Uh, that the offensive line is for the Lions has done very well as uh, as well. And then they've got a uh, Houston is a kid that was a rookie that started coming on in in uh, October or so as a as a pass rusher all of a sudden in the last 7 or 8 weeks he's up to 8 sacks so between him and Hutchinson um that's some serious pressure and I just asked Rodgers about that a little bit ago I said do you you know the the Lions defense is almost going to be a different look than what you saw uh back there in that 15 to 9 stinker of a loss uh, at Ford Field and he said you know uh, the way that this West Coast offense and the floor is, the rules and, and the things are the same pretty much every week. So whatever they want to throw at you, different formations, uh, it's, I don't necessarily have to focus in on those particular individuals as pass rushers or, you know, uniqueness in their tendencies. Or maybe Tom Clements just gives them a one-sheeter and, you know, here's the things to look at, at these two guys pre-snap before you snap the ball and start a play. I, I feel pretty good about this. I cannot honestly break down and tell you if Joe Barry and Jer- you know John Gray have got to, uh, Jerry Gray have got the secondary in a zone in a man in a you know quarters necessarily. I just know that the secondary has changed their rules and their checkoffs 
in a better fashion so that Jair Alexander can cover your best receiver and those other guys can make up for whatever's coming out of the backfield where the slot receiver is going and all that. The communication and, frankly, the prep has been better the last three or four weeks. The one thing I do feel good about in following this team is that, you know, I told you the morning after the loss to the Titans that we were talking about problems in terms of the inexperienced receivers, uh, you know, missing Bakhtiari or Elton Jenkins on the line every other week. Uh, we were talking about the secondary making problems or uh, making mistakes and missed assignments. And I came out and said, you know, this whole problem, this whole five-streak, five-game losing streak, it's Aaron Rodgers in the thumb. I mean, the guy is not performing up to Aaron Rodgers' standards and, and backing off defenses and changing things. That's the number one reason that they're having this problem. And as it turns out, uh, we're down in Chicago, and I told you on the way back, I said, you know something, Bill? When, when, the, when the offense scored that touchdown, and it got to be 19-17, still in favor right. of Chicago, the defense reacted by flying around. And Jair got a pick after giving up two long ones, and they had a, a, some better plays on special teams. But those guys picked it up like, we really have a chance to win this game. And by God, I talked to Aaron Rodgers about that today and listen to what he said. Definitely. Yeah, because 19-10 at the end of the third quarter, and we, you know, outscored them 18-0 um, in, the, in the fourth, came up with turnovers in the fourth, uh, scored points, uh, you had two scoring drives, and then got the ball back on a pick, and, and then Christian, you know, went down the sidelines to put it away. But that was the turning point, I think, for uh, for us because four and nine, probably out of it. It looked like it when you got to 1917. You started coming back in that. You could see your defense, your special teams flying out. Did you get a sense of that during the game? Not really. I, I just think that uh, it it felt a little bit different in the locker room. There was maybe a deep exhale from uh, from everybody, and then we had the bye week. And the bye week allowed me to get healthy, I think allowed us to mentally get some clarity. And we came back, and for whatever reason, we had a different level of uh, enjoyment and energy at practice. And I really feel like that that kind of stuff can translate, not always translate directly. You know, we've had great weeks of practice over the years and laid an egg on Sunday and, and vice versa. But I think for the most part, the trend is usually the way you practice, the energy you have out there, the excitement and the joy translates to positive performances on, on game day. Mike, I, I'll agree. You and I talked about that. Like, that fourth quarter seemed different. And I don't know if that was the igniter. I don't know if guys suddenly started to believe, if things began to click. But you had brought up something to me uh, this Sunday when we were riding home. And you had said, you know, guys now, defensively speaking specifically, they're talking. And it's not like they're talking individually as just dbs or just linebackers or just d linemen it's like they're all communicating as a group it's like everything began to click for them via communication you know and today matt lafleur praised dan campbell as the head coach of the lions that clearly this guy is a motivator is working in detroit so then you take that back into your own locker room and saying where was this in september you know, right. where was this in October? Uh, thank God that, you know, when they when they when their season was literally on the brink, like Rogers just described there, somehow the switch was flipped, and these guys have bought in, and now here they are on a four-game winning streak 
with a shot, you know, to get into the postseason if they win at home in prime time on Sunday night. You know, better later than never, but that's something that Lafleur's got to figure out. Man, you know what? How did we miss this? Why why isn't this working from within the locker room in terms of a leader in the locker room or the dynamics as to where was this missing when we we couldn't come back in the fourth quarter against the Cutters, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, I would agree. Mike, good stuff. You got the Packers winning in this one, you said, huh? Uh, did I predict that? I'm just saying you said you had a good feeling about it. Last time you said it was uh, that you felt good about the Packers. They ended up walking away with a, a victory over the Minnesota Vikings in almost easy fashion. I'm I'm assuming the Packers are going to win this one. But I'll tell you what, Bill, you know, <laughs> last week was based on the stuff I was hearing starting right at the to part of Wednesday and how, the you know, those conversations of prep and just things you saw on the field, the way players were interacting, et cetera, et cetera. Today, you know, I can't think of a, a better term, but today's locker room is like walking into a wake. You know, I don't know where any of these yeah. guys are. You know, right. today's, today was a lost day. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll talk again on Friday, kind of see what Thursday and Friday both bring and, and see, uh, obviously, like you said, the guys are waiting for two things. They're waiting for the NFL to make some decisions. They're waiting to find out more uh, about Hamlin's uh, condition and to see if he can, you know, pull through on this and they can say, okay, we can breathe a little bit easier now. So I think those are two things that are weighing heavy right now. Uh, one, one, other, one other quick point, because yeah, yeah. people are you know chattering and attacking the league and all, and there are things to attack the league about, no question about it. But one thing I thought was very interesting was, okay, so you're in the first quarter, and this traumatic event has happened. And, you know, the league has protocols on if this happens, then this happens and all that. And one of the things that was explained to me this afternoon was, you know, um, if you decide that suddenly you're going to call a game in the first quarter – it's not easy to send 60,000 people home right. when the sheriff's department isn't set up yet for the traffic, you yeah. know? Right. I mean, that's one thing that, that we don't think about when it comes to stadium operations. You can't just say, okay, you guys all go home because right. for more of that stadium's located, you know those roads down there. Um, there's more to this than just saying, oh, sorry, folks, the game is, is being called. You know, there's other things that they have to do to think of stadium and fan safety to get through those kinds of operations. I thought that was an right. interesting point brought up to me today. No, that's uh, that's something that a lot of people don't even think about. It, all you know is why are we standing around? Why are we waiting so long? Um, you're you're 100% correct. It, it does take a while to get 80, 75, 80,000 people, uh, you know, out of a, a venue and then safely back on the roads. And you're right because a lot of those streets become one ways. So if you have people that are late for the game that are arriving, say, second quarter or what have you, and they're flying down the street, suddenly that's a one-way, and here comes traffic at you, and you're, you're absolutely right. All those things have to be reversed, and that's the way it is. Like Much like up in Green Bay, that's the way it is down there in Cincinnati because a lot of those roads become one-way only, and that's in, not out. So good point. Mike, great stuff, buddy. We'll talk again on Friday, okay? Thank you, Bill. All right, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Great stuff from, uh, from Mike Clemens. And that's one of those things we didn't really – discuss but it's true is the actual setup going into some of these venues and the way it is like i said you know you think about it when they start blocking off streets after a ball game up in green bay certain streets you can't go back down uh, they become one way and they become you know out only and not not in so it, it's it is logistics uh, as well that you have to think about uh let's do this we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back 
we assume at this point there are going to be games this coming weekend. So we're going to get into the discussion as to uh, picks as Ben, Kenny, and I are going to start making our picks and what we think this weekend is going to hold. Stay tuned. We got more of the uh, the, uh, Bill Michael Suttle brought to you by Bud Light coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bud Light Huddle. We are down here at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We're down here in uh, in the Deer District, hanging out. Good stuff, and uh, enjoying our uh, enjoying our time down here. And uh, you know, decent crowd on hand tonight. Not bad for a, a night where you don't have anything. It's after the holidays and. People kind of streaming in a little bit, getting a couple of the Bud Light specials tonight. Time now to take a look at the rest of the NFL as uh, we've got uh, picks to make because you're going to kick things off. Uh, as of right now, the way things are, you've got the Chiefs and the Raiders. That's going to be a 3.30 start time coming up on Saturday. The Chiefs and the Raiders are going to be the first team to kick things off this, uh, this important weekend, week 18 of the regular season. And uh, Kansas City favored by nine and a half in this one. Uh, I think with everything that's gone on in in Las Vegas, and uh, now uh, you've got Devontae Devontae Adams saying that he's going to come back, and he's always wanted to be a Raider. He's backing down off of some of his statements, but he still says he wants a decision for quarterbacking next year, which is ridiculous. But no, regardless of what happens, the Chiefs have to win. This is a meaningful game to them. Ben, I got the Chiefs uh, winning in a runaway in this one. Yeah, Chiefs easy, even though it's one of those weird games in Vegas. that always They always seem to be closer than, than you think they will be. The Raiders were kind of cute last week with Stidham. They kept it close to the Niners, and I think he actually played great. But, yeah, I don't think that continues. I have the Chiefs. You got a really big game coming up on Saturday night. The Titans on the road at 7-9, taking on the Jaguars. Winner take all in the division. And uh, as much as I think the power running of Derrick Henry could be proficient, I know there's been injuries there. I know they've had all kinds of players that have gone down. But I just like what the Jaguars are doing. I like their momentum. I like the fact that Trevor Trevor Lawrence now has a swagger about him. Jacksonville at home favored by six. I'm taking the Jags to get the win. You know what I've done all year, Bill. If I have done anything, I've picked the Jaguars every single game they've played every week, and I will continue that. The problem is I think Vegas is caught up in their six-point favorites. I would have liked it to be smaller, though the Titans are starting Josh Dobbs again, who, I mean, no faith at all in him. So, yeah, I think the Jaguars win big. I think they win easy. And, I mean, that could be a sneaky win-a-couple-playoff games kind of team. It could be rainy conditions. They're saying 64 and rain down there on uh, on Saturday evening as well. Uh, then you got Sunday, and you got the Vikings on the road taking on the Bears, and the Vikings jockeying for position. The Bears just, they have the cars warmed up and ready to go home. They stink on ice. Minnesota comes in seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I would love to see the Bears put up a fight and actually score a few points in this one, um, but I just think the Vikings uh, are, are pissed off, for lack of a better term. I'm going to say the Vikings get a win, knock off the Bears. Bears go to 3-16, and 16, have a 10-game losing streak to end the season. And no Justin Fields, I believe, for the Bears on Sunday. So it could be a Nathan right. Peterman game, and we know how those go. So, Peterman. yes, I'm on the Vikings. Uh, this is going to be uh, a tough game. Since it, it's now been scheduled, it's a noon kickoff. You kind of figured it would be a Paycor Stadium down in Cincinnati, Paul Brown Stadium. 
Uh, Cincinnati's at home. They're fighting for the top spot in their division. They're fighting for a position in their conference. Uh, but it's what they're coming off of. And uh, the Ravens still without Lamar Jackson. We don't even know if he's going to play. Their frustration with him is continuing to mount. Um, Cincinnati's a seven-point favorite. I want to say Cincinnati gets a win, but I, I don't know if they cover in this one. I think it's going to be a close game uh, unless Lamar Jackson plays. And I think the, I, I really think that the Ravens would have a good shot of coming in and knocking them off. Yeah, these late-season NFC North games, I mean, as is the case with a lot of these divisional contests, they're usually very close because the teams, they know each other so well, and they're built to play in these kind of contests. But, yeah, I don't know how we can put a value on the emotion that the Bengals will be playing with, just having been there on Monday. Obviously, it, it, was, a, it was a Bills safety that, that went down. I do think the Bengals win if Lamar doesn't play. I'm with you, but, yeah, I, it's going to be close. Got the Buccaneers on the road. They're eight and eight, trying to get to over five hundred. The Falcons are at home, six and ten. Atlanta, Atlanta, believe it or not, four point favorites in this one. Uh, the Buccaneers have already won and pretty much locked up everything they could. Uh, this is kind of a tough one for me to pick because I I like the Falcons. I think uh, the Buccaneers stink. I think they're going to be a quick out in the postseason. Um, so I'm going to take the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons at home to knock off the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are going to go into the playoffs at 8-9 and nine on the season. Yeah, I, I love this week because it's like gambling on bowl season because half of the battle is just trying to see who wants to be there more. And right. while the Falcons have a draft pick, I guess, to lose for, it is a young team with a young quarterback making, I think, his third or fourth start. So I think they no doubt have more to play for in terms of winning and momentum. So I, I'll pick them to win. Also, in that building uh, just last weekend, a, uh, a very seminal moment in the history of Georgia football. So you got to think they're fired up. There you go. Uh, this is going to be a tough one as well. The Patriots have to win. They, they win, and they can get into the postseason possibly. Uh, you've got the Bills, and I haven't even looked at all of uh, the, the, that stuff here uh, in that sense. Uh, when it comes to the standings and such over in the AFC, what needs to happen for uh, the uh, New England Patriots who are sitting with the seventh seed right now because they are fending off Miami, they're fending off Pittsburgh. New England has to win to stay in. Uh, in the meantime, the Bills are fighting back all the emotion of DeMar Hamlin. I, this is a really tough one. I know Buffalo's favored by seven. I kind of get the sense the Patriots are going to get the win in this game, although the crowd may be off the hook for their own, for their own Buffalo Bills. But I'm going to take the Patriots on the road in a very emotional game. I think the last part of what you touched on will play a big role. I also, I like, I don't know. I, I cannot quantify the impact of all the outside stuff on the game itself, but I will say, uh, hopefully we get good news soon. Hopefully it comes tonight right. or tomorrow. I think if good news was to come, um, I think that could be a real motivating factor for the Bills team. So, yeah. so I guess I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll take the Bills to win, but I have no clue. You've got the Texans on the road taking on the Colts. Between these two teams, they have six wins. Um, Indy's favored by two and a half in this one. Um, I'll take the Colts at home just because. Uh, but this is probably going to be the last game as the head coach for Jeff Saturday and the last game for a lot of these guys, including Matt Ryan. So I, I'm going to take the Colts at home in this one. I, I love this game, Bill, frankly. I You know I'm into the sicko matchup when we get to yes. the other level of football. I love this game because I'm scared that Lovey Smith is going to mess it up and win. Where he, you know, he's they say under the table, don't try to win. He got a tank. We need this right. pick. I, I think he's going to go out there and win the game. 
So I'll take the Texans. Like if there's anybody <laughs> you know would be bad at winning, it'd be Jeff Saturday. I right. feel like Lovey Smith could be bad at losing. Uh, you got the Dolphins who need this one. It's another noon kickoff. Uh, the Jets are on the road at seven and nine. The Dolphins sitting at home at eight and eight. They have to get it. And Zach Wilson is still is Zach Wilson or, or Mike White going to be the quarterback in this game? Do we know? Mike White's back. Mike White's back. The Jets are favored by a point. Maybe that's the reason why. Dolphins haven't necessarily looked good. Um, I'm still going to take the Dolphins at home to get the win. The Miami Dolphins brought in Jack Cohn for a visit uh, and a workout about a week ago. They did not sign him. They signed Mike Glennon instead, a notable career backup Mike Glennon. For that reason and that reason only, I will take the Jets. <laughs> you got the Panthers on the road taking on the Saints. Uh, the Panthers 6-10, and 10, the Saints 7-9. and nine. New Orleans in a big easy, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, going to get it done. I'm going to take the Saints at home in this one to go to 8-9 and nine on the season. Yeah, the Panthers' story was fun, though. Uh, while they were winning yeah. under Wilkes after trading well, the guys. Afterwards, they're going to end up hiring Harbaugh, so... <laughs> You know, look, look for the Panthers to be to be the next team you want to hate. Uh, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you there. I'm becoming a hardball guy, but I'm going to take the oh Saints God, just because you got to get off this show. Then if if the Panthers hire Harbaugh, they'll take him away from the Big Ten. And I love him in the Big Ten. I think he's interesting and I think he's dislikable, which is good for intrigue. Very. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the Saints. Ah, uh, you got uh, another big one, uh, the Steelers and the Browns. Steelers fighting for their postseason lives here. They have to have it. Pittsburgh at home, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Browns getting a, an unexpected win last week uh, and rolling maybe a little bit, but I'm going to take the Steelers at home. They get the win. They go to 9-8. and eight, And between the, uh, the Steelers, the Dolphins, and the Patriots, if all three win, the Patriots would be the team that would end up going into the postseason. So I'm going to take the Steelers to get the win. As well, uh, I need to keep this thing of Mike Tomlin not having losing seasons. And now that there's 17 games, you got to win this right. one. So I'll take them. Uh, Broncos at home taking on the Chargers. Chargers 10-6. and six. Broncos sitting at 4-12. and 12. Broncos suck. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers to get the win on the road in mile high. I don't know. Uh, Chargers probably sitting everybody. The Broncos are two-point favorites in a sneaky one. Broncos so, are two-point favorites, but I they still suck. They are they are quite bad for, I don't know, for no reason. I'll take the Broncos. There you go. Okay, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll get into some of the afternoon games on Sunday and then into the Sunday night game, the last game on the docket for the 2020-22-23 uh, season. Uh, regular season will be the Green Bay Packers. We'll get into that as well. More coming up from the Mecca down here in the Deer District across from the Fiserv Forum. Stay tuned. we got more bright, coming up right after this. Oh, yeah. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Broadcasting live one more time this year at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We're down here in the Deer District across from the Pfizer Forum and love this place. Uh, it's been uh, a pleasure to be down here all season long. Uh, once I think once or twice a month for uh, the entire football season we've been here. And it's a great venue, a uh, great place to be, great place to hang out. Good people, obviously, before or after a Bucks game or anything else down here at the Pfizer Forum in downtown for that matter. So 
Uh, swing on into the Mecca and a huge screen TV and many others all around. If you're going to come down and watch the sports, as many of uh, these people are down here tonight watching the Bucks game, Bucks and Toronto Raptors on the big screen. So swing on into the Mecca, the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill down here. Uh, picking up where we left off, the rest of the games on the docket coming up on Sunday. You have got uh, the uh, the Giants on the road taking on the Eagles. Is Jalen Hurts going to play in this thing, do you think, uh, Ben? All indications are yes. The Eagles they need, need it. this. Yeah, they need this uh, because if they lose this game, they could lose the number one overall seed. Uh, so if they win this game, they get an extra week to kind of rest up and take it easy. Uh, the Giants obviously um, trying to hang in there as well when you talk about the playoff scenario. Try, not that they're really going to change their seating at all because they are where they are. They're locked in. But uh, the Giants they the Giants could rest people too in this game because they're not moving anywhere. They're nine and six right now. Now, I, could they could they lose if if the Packers won and the Giants lost and they were sitting no because the Giants won head to head so the Giants would remain atop. So no, it doesn't matter. The Giants are locked in. Uh, so I, I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. They have more to lose. I'm going to take the Eagles to get the win at home. By the way. Yeah, they better win that game, and I think they will. I'd, usually there's there's some bad blood. If you remember back when the Eagles rested starters and knocked the Giants out of the playoffs in 2020, the 7-9 yeah. and nine Joe Judge Giants, and he said they were a disgrace to football. So th- there is some bad blood there, but I don't think – I don't think the Giants even try, frankly. Uh, you got the 49ers at home. This is another big game, and this is a game in which jockeying can, can go on because the 49ers, if they get the win and you get the Eagles that lose and the Cowboys and everybody that goes down, then the 49ers can end up with a, uh, a two-seed or even the possibility of a one-seed. San Francisco's 14.5-point favorites at home. I don't think there's any way they lose this game against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray out. So it's just uh, I, I think Brock Purdy's got a, a different energy there. Uh, I don't know if Debo Samuels is Debo going to be back for this game. He have was you, practicing. I don't know. Yeah, he was practicing last week. I don't know if he's going to be back for this game or not. But uh, regardless, I think the 49ers win going away. I agree. Yes. Seahawks, uh, they're at home. They've got to win. If they win, they are uh, they they while well, they're hanging on, put it that way, because if they win and the Packers lose, the Seahawks are in. If they lose, they're out of the postseason. Rams coming in with nothing to play for, really. They're pretty much done. They're eliminated. Seahawks at home. I'm going to take them to get the win. They go to 9-8, and eight, and then they start scoreboard watching to see if the Packers actually win or if they're in the postseason by the, uh, by the Detroit Lions losing. I think the Seahawks win, though for the intrigue of Sunday night, I am going to pick the Rams officially. Maybe, maybe right. Baker Mayfield has some magic. I like... I, as you said at the start of the show, there's intrigue anyway, and the matchup will be very significant if for both teams. But if the Lions could also win and get in, uh, it adds to the viewing experience, I'll say. Then you've got the Cowboys on the road in Washington. And again, the Cowboys also could end up with the number one overall seed. They're jockeying for position right now. The Cowboys trying to get the win over the Commanders. The Commanders sitting 7-8-1. They're out of it. They've been eliminated. And... Boy, I tell you what, now you find out that uh, Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter again after going with Carson Wentz, who blew it last week, and they didn't realize, at least their head coach didn't realize, that they could be eliminated from the postseason, blah, blah, blah. Cowboys get the win, and they get a win big. Yes, I agree. It actually, I think, is going to be Sam Howell, the former North Carolina Tar Heel fifth-round pick this year, that they're going to give a lot of the reps to uh, in this one. I I don't see them winning. Uh, You mean the Commanders? 
Correct. I thought yeah. they were going with Taylor Heineke. To start the game, but all the to snow. To start the game. The second half is going to be that uh, the the other quarterback. Yeah, maybe second quarter on even. They, the smoke is they're going to give him a lot of reps. Okay. Then you've got the game coming up on Sunday night. Uh, the Green Bay Packers hosting the Detroit Lions. And as we talked about, you know, now you've got the extra. Will this be Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Green Bay Packer at Lambeau Field to throw into the mix? Uh, you know, obviously the Packers coming in with uh, the ratings power in this one, but both of these teams, the Lions have to get a little help, but they could be playing for something or they could be playing just to knock off the Green Bay Packers, but to end their season for the first time in a long time with a positive and actually go to 9-8 and eight, uh, and above 500. I mean, so many different things in this game, but I'm still, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I haven't for a while now. I'm picking the Packers to win. Uh, Green Bay is favored by four and a half. I think it's a close one. Packers maybe by three, but I'll pick uh, I'll pick Green Bay to get the win at home. That is a frightening piece of news to hear. Um, I said, Bill, after the Vikings game on Sunday, it took me a bit. I, I thought some bad teams were there. The Dolphins, I don't know what happened. After the Vikings game, after Sunday, I'm all the way in on the Packers being good and on them actually getting to the playoffs and maybe even making some noise in there. <laughs> It took that that contest and that performance on Sunday. So the Lions come into town. I like it's Aaron Rodgers Sunday Night Football right. in a win and in scenario. They're not losing this game. Yeah, I I don't think so. I got a little trepidation in picking them, but I'm going to pick them. And I'll tell you why tomorrow on the program why I have a little bit of trepidation because of it. Uh, so that'll do it. Thanks to the staff and management at the Mecca. We've had a great time down here all season long. Thanks to our friends at Bud Light for being a big supporter. We've still got more huddles to go, but this is the last time we're at the Mecca this year. So thanks to everybody for coming out. Thanks for the crowd for being down below and those that came out and picked up some of the tchotchkes, came upstairs and said hi during the commercial breaks. We appreciate it. Time for us to go. Have a good one. See you.